I look at it and I'm like, I'm keeping it together. I'm healthy at 44. I still have my yoga practice that I really have pushed a lot this year. I have time for my kids. I'm like, I believe that you can do everything you want to do. And if you don't, you just find an excuse, right? And so I think with proper, like, timing everything, what is important, um, you get it accomplished. And so the perspective to have this piece about not finishing the race or what have you is I am just really proud of myself for everything that I get done and that my kids think I'm a badass and that my parents, you know, support me and and I'm totally cool with it. And, and even all of the, you know, I got probably about 10 text messages yesterday. I don't know if you can read this. Are you okay? There's no update on the tracker about you. What's going on? Did you got a crash or what have you? And everybody that I sent a note to, I said, I pulled out 75 miles out of the race. It just wasn't my day. Everybody was like, you're a badass no matter what. You're an Iron Man no matter what. Welcome back to the Yogi Triathlete Podcast. I'm Jess. I am your host. And Beej and I are coming to you from Tempe, Arizona. It's one day post Ironman Arizona. And since arriving on Friday, we have been in the living your dreams hustle, which is what I'm calling it now. It's not just the hustle. It's the living your dreams hustle, damn it. Uh, recording episodes of the YTP Mini, volunteering at Ironman Arizona, training, raising, and spending time with family. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's the hustle that I really believe is living your dreams, and we'd have it no other way. So today we have the perfect guest uh, on the heels of what I'm talking about, because we've got a woman who is so familiar with the hustle of love. Tell us, how do you pronounce your last name? Taralo. Taralo. Okay, I didn't get that before we went, um, we went on the mic, so there's the imperfection, which I love so much. She is an Ironman triathlete, owner of Afterglow Marketing, founder of Athlete Race. She is a yogi, an actor, and a badass single mom who thrives on making a difference in the lives of others while doing what she loves. We first connected with Telsus at Ironman Santa Rosa. Was it last year, 2018? And after recognizing Clark, she walked over to us and introduced herself as a loyal podcast fan and yogi. And I could feel from the start that this woman was the real deal. She was talking the talk, walking the walk, and we've stayed in touch. And today we're bringing her to you guys. Telsus, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so, I really do. I follow the podcast. I follow you guys. We're drinking the same Kool-Aid. How did you first find the podcast? <laughs> Um, I was looking for hashtags. I had just gotten on Instagram and I was looking for hashtags like what 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 hashtag do, like represents me and I looked up Yogi Triathlete and that's how I found you guys. Boom. I'm like, wow, these guys exist. It's so cool. And then I started listening to the podcast and yeah, that's how it happened. That's so awesome. Well, I'm Thank psyched that we're Thank here. Hashtags. <laughs> we were um, we were emailing back and forth, I don't know, I guess a couple months ago and we were talking about getting you on the podcast and you know, we were like, we really want to do it in person. And you were the catalyst for us to say, well, what the hell? Let's go to Arizona. We'll volunteer. And here we are. That's awesome. Thanks yeah. for coming. It was awesome. They got to body mark me. So that was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> we I had BJ font on me. <laughs> BJ has good font. Yeah. yeah, he had a good font. So important. I'm in marketing too. So yeah, I get it. So <laughs> let's dive into yesterday because yesterday was a success in mm -hmm. a way that you didn't plan on it being a yeah, success and I yeah. say success in the way that life throws us lessons to mm -hmm. learn and we either embrace those or we push them down the vault um, mm -hmm. so tell us about what happened yesterday because you did not finish your third Ironman no I didn't 
And I'm happy with that. I'm actually really at peace with that. You know, I um, I trained hard for it. I did Augusta half Ironman a couple, a month and a half ago. Um, and it wasn't the race that I wanted. And I kind of, I don't know, it kind of broke my heart a little bit. So I'm like back to the, you know, back to the board, see what I got. Um, and this back half of training just wasn't the same. There was just something, I don't know, it was like a little bit of a fire missing. And I'm like, it's okay. You know, we go through ups and downs in life, right? And so um, I was a little bit scared of the swim, being from Miami Beach. I don't really typically swim in cold weather like that. And so, um, but the swim was awesome. I mean, once they were like, get in the water, got in the water, got a huge high five from Mike Riley, which was super cool walking in. And I love that guy. And I got in and got it done, got on the bike. It was like, okay, it's time to execute. My bike game has really gone up um, in terms of power. Because earlier this year, I raced an ultra marathon. I got into it because of listening to you and how much fun you're having out there. And I'm like, I want to try this too. Did you have fun? Um, or I were was, you like, she's full of shit? No, no. <laughs> I sent you a video, remember? Oh, I'm like, that's right. BJ, yeah. Jess, this is for you. I'm, I'm running. Okay, so I'm running. Visual for everybody who's listening. I'm running on the rim of Lake Powell. And now uh, the sun is beaming and I am loving life. And I shot a little video going, Jess, BJ, this is for you guys. That's right. Because I, I was inspired that. to start this. So I did my first 55K um, and Antelope Canyon. And we ran the rim of Horseshoe Bend and we ran through the Antelope Canyons. It's just beautiful. Like, I, like it was just, it was a celebration of being alive as that race was to me. You don't really race those races and, you know, cause there's so much climbing. The first 14 miles was like climb, climb, climb. So I wasn't racing a PR and granted I'd never done one before. So I guess I PR no matter what, but, um, but it was just beautiful. Um, and now I'm signed up for Bryce Canyon, 60, oh. Oh. 60 K. I'll see you there. Yay. <laughs> I was hoping to convince you to do it with me after we finished this. Yeah, this no, awesome. I'm going to do the 50 mile. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. This yeah. is awesome. So That's I signed so cool. up in May. Yeah. For, All right. For May. Well, we'll have to do a, a smackdown. That's awesome. After. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. I, and now, so anyhow, so training for Antelope Canyon, my coach just, you know, we don't have a lot of elevation in Miami beach. And so it was literally like run 20 miles every three miles, stop and do a hundred squats. So my legs got so strong that when I got back onto the bike, not that I stopped the bike training or anything, but when I really got back into longer training runs, like my legs were just on fire and I just got a lot more power out of my legs. So I'm like, maybe this is a nice combination of training for these, you know, intense ultra marathons that are in, you know, in a lot of climbing situations and getting ready for that. And then on the back end of the year doing an Ironman that I know that my legs are just going to be stronger. So, um, Coming back around, <laughs> my bike game, right, from yesterday. Um, my bike yesterday, I got on the bike, and I would say the first 30 minutes, I experienced something that I've never experienced before is the wanting to just not give it my all, which was really surprising to me. I, I kind of was shocked myself because I just I just go. I never stop. You know, I'm a single mom of two kids. I've been single since the, the day the kids were born, and so there's no really, there's no option. There's no tapping out on that, you know? My daughter's birth was a 29-hour natural labor. So I knew I knew when I towed the line on my first Ironman in Santa Rosa, like, I'm getting this done no matter what. I, I, I went through that in life. Like, that's taught me everything I needed. That birth taught me everything I needed to know that I could accomplish anything in life because there's no tapping out on that. There is really, you got to go through it. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why it was a 29-hour labor. There's a lot of my body wanting to protect her from other things, you know, now that, you know, in, in the hindsight of that. So... Either way, I got on that bike and I was like, I had to talk myself into the second loop of the bike. 
And I was doing good. I was on pace, just like my coach and I had talked about. I was on pace. I just, I wasn't having fun. And I'm like, triathlon to me is about having fun and about pushing my boundaries of what my body is capable of or what my mind is capable of. But yesterday was just something different. It wasn't, um, it, it, it wasn't about pushing through this. It just, I was not having fun. And then I was like, yeah, this isn't, this just isn't working for me. And so of course, you know, the ego is like, oh, all my friends and family are waiting for the notification. They're not going to get that. They're going to get a DNF. And I'm like, and I'm okay with that. So I didn't, I'm not walking out like giving up. It wasn't giving up or failing at anything. I genuinely took some time and just said, I'm going to honor myself. And right now, this is not where I need to be. And even I had five other friends in the house that were running. And I was like, I was great and happy seeing them to the finish line. And not once did I be like, man, I wish I would have kind of gone back and finished it. I had no desire to. How did that decision come about? Like the final, final decision? Cause I'm, cause I'm, did it go back and forth? Like, okay, well I'm going to get off. Well, so I was no, on the I'm bike for four off. hours. I was on the bike yeah. for four hours. Three of those hours was battling in my head. What was the battle? Like DNF. This isn't working. This isn't serving me right now. How did you keep taking pedal stroke after pedal stroke? I don't know. It was like the autopilot. Like I, I sometimes we live on autopilot, right? And the autopilot was just kicking in like, Let's just, let's just, and, and I wanted to really make sure, I'm like, Telsey's, you've trained hard for this. This is your back end of the year. I sacrificed a lot. My son's, you know, baseball championship game was yesterday. I wasn't there for it. That was a tough decision to make. I mean, to, to still do the race, despite the fact that, if there's one thing that for me, that triathlon, I, as much as I love it, it never gets in the way of what my kids come first. And so there's many times where my son's baseball games on a Sunday morning at 11 o'clock and I may have a five hour ride and I wake up at two o'clock in the morning. I'm on the trainer at 2.30 to finish the ride, to get him warmed up, to take him to the baseball game and everybody gets it done. And Telsey's is usually the last on the list, like rest, you know, there's no. So recovery for me is really crucial and important, but sometimes I don't always get to it because I have a lot of other things I have to juggle. And my daughter has, you know, musical theater and we, we live a very full life, right? So, and sometimes they train with me, which is fun, and they support me. My son wants to get a trainer so he can train next to me, which I think is super cool. And she's like, you know, my water girl. She brings me my waters and my electrolytes and, you know. Um, so it's a family affair. So there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into this. So that decision was not taken lightly because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. my mom comes in sometimes at 5 o'clock in the morning so I can go for a five-hour ride when I'm going out with my team and it's a family affair, you know, doing these triathlons. And but I wouldn't say you, I, I get what you're saying, you're putting yourself second, but you, you're putting yourself first no, too. Yeah, the, the decision like to the even de race. The decision Agreed. to even wake up at two to get your yes. ride in because you right. know how much better you're going to feel right. and accomplish. And you're setting that tone for your kids. Aren't you Agreed. kids seeing that? Agreed. Yeah, and that they, you know, I'll give you an example. I told you guys this yesterday, but I think it's important for everyone to hear that. I went to my son before I left on Wednesday night. We played the playoff game Wednesday night. I flew out to Tempe on Thursday from Miami. But Wednesday night, I grabbed his hand. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. I'm sorry I'm not going to be there on Sunday. And the kid turns around and says to me, my mother is racing an Ironman at the same time that I'm playing my championship game. And that is so cool to me. And I'm like, all right. I can leave, I can go and you know. So when I called him yesterday after I decided to end the bike, um, my son says, why are you on the phone? You haven't finished your third lap on the bike. Like he's, you know, they're, they're, and I said, it wasn't my day, buddy. 
and I started bawling, right? Why are you crying, mom? Like, we've never seen you like this. And I'm like, it's okay. Like, sometimes it's okay to just honor yourself and be like, this, this, it wasn't working for me. It just wasn't. And my daughter was really freaked out too. She's like, are you okay, mom? And my dad was like, it's okay. We've never seen her. Vulnerable. I was, no, vulnerable, no, vulnerable is a v- huge in our family. Okay. Like, they've seen me go through some ups and downs and relationships, even struggles with their dad. And I, I never keep that from the kids. Like I, um, I've had, I've had a pretty rough year in terms of some situations in my life this year. And, and I'm like, you know, the first part of me is like hide in the room after they go to sleep. And I said, no, this year they're, you know, they're 10 and nine now, you know? And so they're going to sit here and see that it, it can get mucky sometimes. And that's cool. And they're part of my healing process too. Like they can support me and they, they backed me up on some, some occasions this year that I gave them the opportunity to, because I didn't hide it from them. Um, and so, yeah, I'm kind of trying to raise conscious humans, not trying to, you know, create a bubble for them to be, you know, not everything is perfect. Right. Because their life probably already has gotten mucky sometimes. Yeah. No, you know, even in, even in the fact that they've been raised by a, a single mom, um, and their dad and I have a great relationship now. Um, and he's very involved in their life. Um, but you know, they, they're just, just contrast and it's good for them to have contrast and they get to make their choices, you know, in life. And I always tell them like, it's about a choice. And I said, today's choice was for me. And I just wasn't having fun. And Ange, my son was like, and that's what you're about. You're about having fun. I'm like, yeah, and it just wasn't working for me. Why do you think contrast is so important for them? Um, I see other kids whose parents have, uh, you know, remained together or maybe trying to keep it together. You know, nothing is perfect, right? But I've seen the way they handle contrast in their life now and, and how I've always talked through, you know, situations in our life and this is why your dad and I didn't work. We just, you know, or whatever. And I don't hide the reality of things from them. I never have. My mom thinks I, I talk way too much to them. Like, they know too much at such an early age. And I disagree. If you talk to a lot of our friends that are around my kids, they're like, you can have a conversation with my children. And they understand it. You know, they're not like, oh, your life isn't perfect. You know what I mean? Um, and, and it's the reality of their life. You know, they have a lot of contrast between the two people that created them even. Um, and I don't mean bad contrast. It's just we're different people. Um, that fell in love and created lives, you know, and so um, I don't, I don't make him wrong. That's their father. He's 50% of, of who they are is them, you know, and so, um, and we get along really well. We go on family trips together. We're going to Vail now in, in a, what, a month and a half. We go to Vail as a family trip. We've done it every year. It's a fun trip for the four of us. And there was a podcast that, um, Rich Roll and Julie did not that long ago. I guess maybe I it was. It. It was um, towards the end I of the summer. I met him this year, actually. I met Rich Roll this year. Oh, you did? Yeah, in Phoenix. Oh, yeah. cool. Uh, Mind, Body, Green, Revitalize. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got invited to that, and he was there. He was a speaker, and we practiced yoga next to each other. I'm like, I think you're so cool. He was a really <laughs> nice guy, and yeah. he's And she's she's amazing, too. We, we yeah, were hanging she, out at the pool at the end <clears> of, the, of, the, of the weekend. She talked about, on that podcast, she talked about this very thing, like, you know, couples breaking up and having the kids, and she... And if anybody's interested, I'll put the link in the show notes. But I just love the way she described, because there's so much contrast and there's downright anger and resentment out there, you know, when couples are breaking up and it was all about like 
holding reverence for that partner that you created life with because that partner is in that life that you created. So I've always I've always found it this is my take of course, but I've always found it interesting when people break up and they talk bad about the person that they were just with. Cuz I'm like I call BS on that. Why? You chose that person. Like you were active in that decision to be with that human being whether they turned on you or it didn't work out in your favor or what you think is your favor cuz ultimately we know it's for the greater good of whatever you're going through, right? So I always tell the kids, Dad, if you don't even lift a finger for me the rest of your life, you've given me the best gift in the entire world. Nobody else has been able to deliver that to me, to make me a mother, which is really what I've wanted for, as from a very early age. I knew I wanted to be a mom. And he's given me the, just the greatest gift, too, greatest gifts in my life. So he really doesn't have to ever do a thing for me other than that. Like, he's, what else can I ask of him, you know? Like, and, and I love him for that. You know, and so, and, and I tell them that, you know, they're like, but dad, I'm like, no, it doesn't matter. Whatever we went through, it served me. He's been my biggest guru too. Cause I, he taught me a lot of lessons that I, I needed to just become right. That I needed for myself. I needed to, um, I don't want to get too deep into it, but, um, I had to be, become a stronger person. It was like training camp to be a single mom, I guess is the best way. So when I look at it in hindsight now, like I understand why I had to go through those highs and lows with him uh, to become a better human being, a stronger person, a stronger mother, um, and really define myself because I had to stand up to certain things that I didn't agree to and define myself, better define myself. So I think it's always, you know, everybody looks back and they're like, oh, I can connect the dots. I can connect the dots. And I think what really is the uh, discriminator as far as if we're really able to navigate this life with some semblance of grace is in the moment knowing that, okay, this is for me. Mm -hmm. I might not know right now mm -hmm. why or what, but it's for me. So I'm going to pay attention. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pay attention to it and I'm going to show up as an awake being. And that's really what you're doing with your kids. We said, you know, you're raising conscious humans, but they're, they're awake. They're awake to the contrast in the world. They're awake to conflict. They're awake to the fact that, you know, they were created in a partnership that was founded in love and, and that um, you guys have found your way to still have a kinship with one another and have this family unit without a facade of bullshit yeah <laughs> seriously yeah that's it <laughs> like it really is about having these kids um that are awake mm -hmm. and that's what we need mm -hmm. more people awake and i'm life. you know i'm so proud of them i'm so proud of them the way they navigate certain situations you know they're 10 and 9 now and so they're starting to have like contrasts at school you know the girls and them oh but so-and-so said this and i'm like doesn't matter. Do you care? What do you care about? What's important to you, right? But so-and-so said this. Okay, are you that? No. That's somebody's opinion. It's not truth. Do you understand? Everybody's entitled to their opinion. That's like a God-given right, right? Like It's like a birthright. But that doesn't mean it's truth. And if you add energy to it, then you're going to probably get what that person is saying, you know, and that a lot of it has to do with fear. Um, my children are in situations where they've had, you know, they're, they're actors as well, and they, they get a lot of exposure. You know, my daughter had a billboard on the side of a major highway and just nine stories tall. And so, you know, I told their dad, I said, are we putting them in harm's way or, or are we elevating their experience? You know what I mean? Because at this age, it's so fragile. Like, 
so-and-so has a billboard. You know what I mean? Right. Like that kind of stuff, <laughs> you know? And, and she navigated it with grace. And that, that was an opportunity for her. And that's her, what she brings to, to, to her life and the opportunities that she's manifested for herself. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's so cool to see. I don't believe that, I, that my children are, are mine, so to say. I, be, I, I believe that I help them through this life. And they are my, big, my biggest as well, my biggest teachers as well. I love that. Wayne Dyer, Wayne Dyer who's not on this earth anymore, um, talks about like children. He's like, they're not yours. Stop thinking that they're yeah. yours. Yeah, they're not yours. But they, um, there's a deep connection there, obviously, because they came through you. Yeah. So amazing. I really think that you're a kick-ass mom. Should we go back to Ireland? Yeah, we're going back to the okay. DNF. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. I just went to read you. I'm putting the blinker on. We're yeah, going yeah. back to the DNF. <laughs> because um, I want to know, since then, it, 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 it was the right decision. It feels it aligned with you. Yeah. But that dang ego, like in the middle of the night, did it say, should I not have done that? No. Should I... Has That's, it been, has it been hassling of, you at all? No, I have a lot of peace about it. A lot of peace about it. Um, it like I said, seeing people cross the finish line, hear Mike Riley call their name, and I'm like, I'm, I was so happy for them. There was no like, God, I wish I would have just finished that run. and Not at all. So somebody who, who didn't finish yesterday, and they are beating themselves up right now, mm-hmm. what, would you, what would you say to them to, to help them navigate that? I think I think we have to put things into perspective. I think even having the courage to toe the line of an Ironman is something grand, is something that is extraordinary. Just the ability to say, I have gotten myself here, I have done the training. Because, you know, a 5K, you could probably pull off without having done any training. An Ironman, you can't just roll up and be like, okay, let's go 140 miles, see what I can get done, you know? And so I think just even that, you know, like, a girlfriend of mine who we've been friends since we were little kids, she, she always reminds me on my race days, she's like, you're just going to go get your medal. You already, you already did the race, you know, and, and it's true. And so if you're beating yourself up about it or you're second guessing, like you shouldn't. It's just sometimes it's the contrast, right, and how you show up. And you showed up every day for, I showed up every day for my training. I did everything I could. I, I put in the work and I'm proud of that. And I'm proud of the lesson that my kids are going to learn from this. And all the opportunities that are, will present themselves, you know, there's, there's going to be another Ironman. I'm not going to not stop doing Ironmans, you know. And, and even just for me, it's, my, it's really a huge le- lesson for me that I just honored the fact that I wasn't feeling it. Because any other day, I think I would have just been like, I'm going to truck through this like I truck through everything in life. And, you know, not like I want everybody to see how strong I am, you know. And I'm like, I'm stronger yesterday I was stronger in making a decision that was best for me and it, it really comes back to the, that pro, the journey that you had and the, all the training leading up and yeah. every day that you showed up for the workouts and yeah and in this Ironman world which is we're both in mark we're all three of us are in marketing it's it's a train that is like picking up steam every single year mm-hmm. adding races and mm-hmm. and making it more accessible for people and that very fact of the whole journey it takes to get to that yeah, one it's race. Lot. It's a lot, but we hang it. I think a lot of people hang it on the race, the yeah, end goal, not. and they get to the attachment of the investment I made financially and, and they catalog everything they've done in the past, feeling that they're owed this race experience. When in, when in reality, you got to backpedal a, a bit and, and find out what's really important in your life leading up to this experience. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, I've had plenty of DNFs and DNSs and it's, it's brought me back to pure joy. And every day that I stand up to the workout or session or challenge or trying to make it work, but I feel we all get wound up into this final, yeah. final moment when you just, you can race again. You can race again. Yeah, it's and, okay. Yeah, it's all yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, granted, there is a, a, an, a financial investment. There's, a, of course, the time in and of itself. But, I mean, I'm just adding to my to my training bank, right? It's just another opportunity. And I'm, you know, I'm actually, it's actually fueled me to want to race again, to, to get that fire back. I just, the, I cried. I cried yesterday. I did let it out, um, which I think is why I'm so tired because I went through, like, a lot of processing yesterday. And... And I cried with my kids. And um, I, the thing for me that what scared me the most about the DNF was not the DNF itself. It was that I didn't have my fight out there and that there was kind of something wrong that maybe I pushed myself too hard this year or I've been pushing myself too hard, period. You know, and, and it, that's what's kind of scared me. And that's what I was crying about. I was like, since who's this woman <laughs> that doesn't have this, you know, like, again, autopilot, right? Go, 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 uh, laundry, uh, baseball, uh, you know, uh, okay, 20 minute, uh, you know, yoga flow just to stretch myself out. Oh, she's got musical theater. Go, you know what I mean? Or, you know, science science fair projects god science fair projects <laughs> your you science know? fair projects yeah i'm like <laughs> i should be getting that medal not, not that that was my project um but you know there's just a lot and i haven't even mentioned work right there's like work and all of that and so i i just towing the line of an iron man just getting through that that chilling bone chilling swim yesterday was like you really needed to gut your check yourself when you got in that water and i'm like i'm doing this but i had the fire i'm like I'm doing the swim. There is no question. You know what I mean? And so I felt good about that. Got out. All right, let's do the bike next, right? And and when I got on that bike, it just, it there was no fire. The fire was to finish the swim for sure. I, just, I don't know. It was very, it was a new Telsey's. And I'm cool with that. <laughs> where do you get this perspective? Like, do you have a mindfulness practice? Yes. Where do you, where do you get this calmness and ability to sort of like filter through these, these experiences? Um, okay. So if you look at, at, when I hang out with the people that, you know, that are here in the, in this house that are all triathletes, I, I think that they're amazing. I think it's amazing all that we do to get to the, to, to the finish, you know, to the finish line or, or just to race at the competitive level that everybody's racing in. You take me out of that tribe. Like we were talking about that tribe and I'm in the PTA. I'm talking about fifth grade fundraising all these other people just think that, I, that I'm nuts. They're like, you're going to go in the water now? Yeah, yeah, you guys pick whatever color you want for the PTA sign. I got to get in the water. So I, I, I toggle between these two, you know, kind of lives, I guess, so to say, right? And I'm like, I, I, I'm not as fast as these guys, right? I'm, I'm, I'm just getting, I'm just trying to really push my body as hard as I can. And then, and then I live this other life where these women are, you know, they're just going to go to maybe an Orange Theory class not knocking that I'm just saying compared to the volume that I'm doing you know what I mean they so it, it I look at it and I'm like I'm keeping it together I'm healthy at 44 I still have my yoga practice that I really have pushed a lot this year I have time for my kids I'm like I believe that you can do everything you want to do and if you don't you just find an excuse right and so I think with proper like timing everything what is important, um, you get it accomplished. And so 
the perspective to have this piece about not finishing the race or what have you is I am just really proud of myself for everything that I get done and that my kids think I'm a badass and that my parents, you know, support me and, and I'm totally cool with it. And, and even all of the, you know, I got probably about 10 text messages yesterday. I don't know if you can read this. Are you okay? There's no update on the tracker about you. What's going on? Did you get a crash or what have you? And everybody that I sent a note to, I said, I pulled out 75 miles out of the race. It just wasn't my day. Everybody was like, you're a badass no matter what. You're an Iron Man no matter what, you know, and just that support, you know. Um, every time I go to do a race, every, there's so many people behind me. It just comes out of the woodwork. They're like, that's so cool, Telsey's and I guess that opens up, you know, and I've heard a lot of, the past couple of years, I've heard a lot of inspiration. That's why I started a, um, I, I have a, an uh, Instagram account, but it was all like pretty pictures of like beaches and palm trees and it was not me and, and I wasn't on Instagram a couple of years ago. And, and uh, a lot of people were like, you need to post this stuff. This is like inspiring. And I'm like, really? Okay. So I kind of start, I'm like, okay, I'll open up and I'll put a picture of me on a bike or something, you know? And, and I didn't realize that, that my journey and my experience and my highs and my lows, which of course I'm going to post about like everything, you know, it's a curated life on Instagram, right? You know, I'm like, can't always post the good stuff, have to post the bad stuff, um, which in my opinion is even the bigger learning, you know? Of always. course, we're all going to learn from our successes and then from this. And I, again, this is not a failure. I really don't view this as a failure. I'm actually pretty impressed that I like just said, I'm good. This yeah. is it. 75. Here we go. I'm done. <laughs> and by the way, you, you did get through that bone chilling swim. Which, yeah. How cool was it that you guys literally started in the dark? We did. I thought that was, I was so. Like, are I we was not like, going to wait for the sun to warm up the yeah, water a like, little bit? I'm like, I like this Iron Man. You might have a little edge again, yeah. right? Like having yeah. people start in the dark. I loved that. And you rode what? 75. 75 miles. Yeah. Two loops on yeah, the bike. That's a good day. Which let me tell you, uh, the, the going up, you know, it, it, the, the course is three, three loops, the going up part, you're on a headwind and you're on this like slow uphill grade. And you're like, man, this is hurting. And you see the kids coming back and you're like, why do they look so fresh? <laughs> Cause you didn't, you know, then you come back on that first loop and you're like, oh, now I know why they look so fresh. <laughs> you're going 28, 30 down, you know, the, the back end for 45 minutes, you get this amazing like reprieve, right? You're like, Okay, all that work I just did going up. Now I'm getting it. The, the I'm reaping. The I bet that reprieve helped you go out for the second loop too. Yes, I'm like you. You got this. Another hour up that grade. You got this. You got this. And you know, but but the fight in my, the internal yeah. fight for me was just something I've never experienced. Uh, for perspective, Cozumel. I had a nutrition malfunction on the Cozumel race. Um, stopped eating on the bike. I just felt like throwing up. Um, wasn't like something was up with my stomach. So by the time I got on the run, I am now, I don't know, eight hours into the race, very little nutrition, but I'm like, there is no way I'm not finishing this thing. So I like gathered myself in T2, went out the first three miles. I don't even honestly don't even remember bumped into my good buddy who you guys just met. And he said, what's up? And I'm like, I don't know where I'm going. I'm just going to go one foot in front of the other and I'm going to finish this thing. I threw up 12 times in the marathon. I could not hold anything down, not even water. I would drink water, throw it up. But there was no way in heck that I was not gonna finish that race. That's my fight, that's what I'm telling you. That's why I was like, and I wasn't even struggling on the bike. I was like, nutrition was on point, felt great. Just wasn't enjoying myself. 
that's what I'm that's why I'm telling you I'm like I got a fight in me and I didn't have it yesterday and I'm okay with that you yeah. know like I'm okay with that yeah I think you I think you can um it's like move on now right it's like move on we we have an experience I tell myself all that all the time like I've been having some really amazing races and I'm like okay it's a part of you it's in your cells move on mm-hmm. move on you don't need to be posting a picture every two days about what you did four weeks ago mm-hmm. move mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. move on I mean it's fun every every now and again throw a little throwback Thursday but don't live there don't live in the past because mm-hmm. it's an anchor it never it doesn't allow you to move forward yeah and it's all about moving forward so yeah. yesterday served a served a purpose for you and yeah. and um, and for other people too like people just think I'm like that people that don't really know me that well you know they're like gosh just goes 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 right it's okay not to go 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 I'm I'm really you, these guys can see me. I'm at peace with it. Really, I'm like, good. <laughs> she's she's doing the peace sign. Thanksgiving. It's official. We got turkey trot on Thursday. <laughs> We're running with the kids. You know. I'm like, it was funny because you mentioned the 5K, and I'm thinking about running the 5K by my sister's house, and I'm like, oh, oh my god, like how am I gonna do this? Why a 5K? A 5K because that's gonna hurt. <laughs> oh, you mean all out? Oh, you say okay, got it. Okay. Speaking of intensity, <laughs> I'm like, Phew. all right, I think I can do it. Okay, let's um, let's talk a little bit about what you do because you do what you love. So, mm-hmm. what is it? What do you love, and and um, how are you making a, a difference in people's lives through what you do? Um, I own a, a event production marketing strategy company called Afterglow Marketing, and we do a bunch of fun events, and I love to do that. It's all about organization. It's about production. It's about execution. Um, and that's a lot of fun. I'm also an actor. So I do a lot of commercial work at based out of Miami. I act with my kids a lot. My daughter is an actor as well. She's in musical theater. And my son is more of a print, you know, you kind of point click on him and he's, you know, he's great. But um, we just shot in the Bahamas a couple of weeks ago for Royal Caribbean, uh, which is a ton of fun. Flew private, you know, private planes out there. Like we were, they, they put us up at Great Harbor and then we shot at Coco Cay. And there's an entire campaign. I think we have a 100-foot billboard, my son and I, in Penn Station. And my daughter's going to get another billboard in Miami again. How did you start getting into acting? So um, I was a cheerleader. I played softball first, and then I was a cheerleader all through high school and into college. And my mother had always wanted me to do drama, and I was like, I don't have time for drama. I want to be thrown up in the air and, you know, do cheerleading and stuff. But... I went to Florida State my last two years of college, and I just kind of wanted to be a normal student. I didn't want to like 6 a.m. practice, 7 p.m. gymnastics, and there's just a lot on me, and I was just like, I just want to experience college. And so I went to Florida State and just experienced college, but I, I didn't have the performance aspect anymore. Like, I, it lacked, you know, cheerleading is a performance in all aspects, and, um, and so when I moved to Atlanta right out of college, I took a couple of acting classes at a, at a local theater there and I loved it and I got a headshot and then I had to audition for my first agent and so since I was 24 I've been acting um and um I really like in my heart of hearts I always wanted to go to LA and really do the movie thing and see if I can get into that but making money and the stability for my family I didn't have kids back then but even for my parents back home in Miami that was more important. Like I needed the stability of the financial stability instead of like, you know, opening up my wings and going to LA and seeing if I could make it, you know? Um, and it really wasn't something that I wanted that bad, but nonetheless, I got booked a ton. I think I've done like, I don't know, maybe over 90 commercials. 
Uh, and in Atlanta, I got booked a ton because you don't have a lot of people that have a clean English with a clean Spanish. So my background is Cuban. And I kind of have this like, what is it? There was an, a director that once said, you have, uh, eth you're ethnically ambiguous. <laughs> so I could play like the Italian girl. I could play the Latina. I could play like the Jewish girl. You know, I have like this. You totally can yeah, play I, all those things. Curly hair or straight hair. They can straighten it out. So you can I throw down like, an accent from New York City. I yeah, bet. from the Bronx. You know, you know, so I have this. Yeah, I could. I, I was just like the token you know, mm. you can just assimilate to whatever she, you want her to be, right? And so I did well, and I had a, I have a clean English um, and a very clean Spanish uh, when I wanted to be. And so, um, so it, it served me well in Atlanta. I mean, I worked a ton in Atlanta, and then I moved back home to Miami, and I met the kid's dad, and then I had, I had the kids, and um, I kept acting. Through, I mean, the morning, I went into labor with my daughter on a Friday night. I shot a commercial Friday morning pregnant. And my agent back in Miami, my agent's sister was like, I want that kid. And I'm like, you haven't even met her yet. And he's like, I want that kid. We're going we're gonna to make her an actor. And so three weeks after I had my daughter, Elise, I was in a Babies R Us commercial. And she was like a baby baby. <laughs> and yeah, and, and we've been shooting commercials. And we book a lot together as mother and daughter. Like they, I've seen a lot, a change that in the industry that they want real families. They want the real family connection. And, you know, she and I, we've, we play great too. We've done Party City commercials, Whirlpool commercials. We've done a ton of stuff, and and the three of us together has been a lot of fun. Now on Royal Caribbean, we shot twice this year for Royal, and it's been a blast. They love us. They love the kids. Yeah, so it's been fun. And I mean, these kids are making a bunch of money. They have like awesome bank accounts. They're gonna be able to buy their car whenever at sixteen, whenever they want it. Like, and they're just having fun being them, which is so and fun. It, <clears throat> I'm thinking in my head, like you know okay, kids are on a private jet, but like, how do you keep them grounded? But they're already grounded. I, I always tell them, like, you guys have to understand how grateful, like how grateful you have to be for this experience. And I always ground them and, and be like, there are kids in their school that are on like lunch plans. You know, they're not getting mommy making them organic sandwiches, you know, and we're plant-based at home. My, my son is not, my daughter is plant-based, but my son makes his choices outside of the house. Um, and there's a nice balance there, but we're very organic, you know, at the house. Like, there's no, I always say this funny story. The first time they ever went to, um, to a party, I was, watching the, I was watching the interaction with all the other kids, they, fairly new kids that they had never hung out with. And, and one of the kids goes, let's go get juice. Yeah, let's go get juice. And my kids are like, yeah, let's go get juice. And they run to the refrigerator, start picking out the, the fruits to like juice. And the other kids went running to a cooler that was outside to get like juice packets. <laughs> and all the moms were looking at me going, really, Telsey's? And I'm like, what do you know what I'm going to do? Like, that's how we juice in our family, right? We juice, right? So anyhow, I always tell them, I said, you know, there's not, there, there is a balance. And they, we don't, we're not on, I mean, the private thing, the private plane thing was like, they've done it twice, you know, and, and we're, we're in gratitude for it. Yeah. Every day I look at them and I'm like, you guys have lived more of a life than your grandparents have than even your mom has at this age at this day and age you know they've gone they go skiing in Vail every year you know Vail that I mean not even that alone as a resort is like super mm -hmm. fancy you know it's um they I, I'm I'm so happy that they've gotten to experience with the experience and that they are as as good as they are yeah. They have their moments. I want to rip their heads off sometimes, but <laughs> they're not perfect by any means. But, you know, when you, when you chafe down to the core, they are awake.
like you said. Mm-hmm. So one thing that my um, my teacher, my meditation teacher has taught me and something that I've really taught myself over the years is like, don't dim your light. Like, don't dim your light because somebody else is not living in the light. And also don't lose your shape, right? Like mm-hmm. when that was always a big one as I was starting to get stronger, um, being around family, right? Family is like amazing. They're such mm-hmm. great gurus. Mm-hmm. And you um obviously being living in such light like you you are it's the reason why we're all sitting in this living room right now right like you you live in the light and that's why we wanted to have you on the show how important is that like because there are a lot of people that aren't living in the light to to not to not um and i don't mean this in in a way that's judgmental or insulting but to not dip your energy for another to live where you live like um, richly, and I mean that in the sense of uh, a full life, an exciting life, a beautiful life, a organic food life, and not dim that down because somebody else is not choosing that. Um, I, I early on uh, when I was in my when I was like eighteen, nineteen, I had a relationship that I was judged for. Um, I won't get into too much details, but I realized very early on that this is what's right for me and that other people's fear of a relationship or who I choose to love um, is their fear. It's not mine. And that involved a lot of people around me. And so from very early on, I made a very conscious decision that if I feel it in my gut and I feel very strongly that I have a really strong gut, like I can really just what's right for me and move in that direction. And the, the, what was serving, what was my greatest service was moving in the direction of that relationship, despite the opposition that was around and ultimately it came out that people it was just their fear of the relationship and what he and I brought to the table together um and so I'm not going to dim my light this is who I am um and if it I don't ever believe that the way that my kids and I live our life is ever uh intruding on anybody else's or stepping on anybody else's toes in any way but um I I come from a background and this is really a, a story that is when people ask me why do you do what you do why why do you do iron man's why do you do this my grandmother when i was two years old was diagnosed with als and she used to take care of me she was like my caretaker when my parents were working and stuff i'm an only child and she died when i was six and als if you know it is it is a hell of a disease man and to see her one day go from like being able to write and then not being able to write. And then one day being able to breathe. And then now we had to bring in a machine to help her just her lungs expand. And so when she, my first real, realization of what death was like to me, it was a release. So my parents were like, your grandma died. And I'm like, yay. And they're like, do you understand? And I'm like, yes, her body is free. Like, she's done. We should be happy, you know? Like, and my parents are like, okay. They, like it took them a while. I remember looking at them going, why aren't we celebrating this? No, she's not here, but who wanted her here like that? Like, and so when people ask me, what's your motivation for doing an Ironman? And, and Jan Ferdinand said this also when he was being interviewed for Kona, that he's like, why do you have to go back and, and win another one, right? And he goes, because I can. And I'm like, Jan, that is what I've been saying forever. <laughs> because I can, because I can move my body. It's a celebration to my grandmother who couldn't who her mind was intact and she couldn't move her body. She was trapped in it. And so I'm going to live every day like it is my last and celebrate every moment, you know? And 
when we get off of a five hour bike ride and my daughter's like, let's go paddle boarding. Like my legs are sore and I'm like, let's go paddle boarding. It's flat bay, sun's out. Why not? You know what I mean? Because you can. And so I think people take, I think people take extravagant, extravagant luxuries with time because it's not promised. And I think that, you know, oh, I want to do that one day. Let's go. Let's go do it right now. Why do you want to wait till tomorrow? And so I have a different perspective because I grew up and saw what I saw. And so, no, I'm not going to dim my light. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live it. I'm going to live life to the max. I'm going to go full throttle. That's what makes you badass. Yeah. So I'm sitting here like super, super fired up right now. I'm like, oh, man, I got to go do something. I got to get on the bike tonight. But that's the, that's the very thing that this podcast does. And people are going to be inspired. They're going to be like, okay, well, you're doing it. You're getting out there. You're a single mom. And it, st- and it stands for a day or two or maybe a week. And then it starts to... Die down. Die down. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I think people are, you know, creatures that have it, right? And, you know, I've seen a lot of people say, man, you inspire me, you inspire me. And I'm like, okay, let's go out for a run. You know, the idea of the inspiration, but then the hard work, you know, that it takes. Everybody wants a great relationship, but then when you get, it gets mucky... That's what relationships are about, right? We're mirrors. We're reflecting. Even in our friendships and our relationship, we're reflecting what we want, right? Mm-hmm. And so maybe the person that is inspired by me, I'm inspired by them and I'm reminded how I was there one day where I didn't have that motivation and, and how I, you know, I think the minute you take the first step towards your dreams, the universe will, will work it to, gets on, to gets on board. conspire. Mm-hmm. It gets on board. And, but you have to move. You have to. And I think people are frozen in fear sometimes. And that's, that's scarier than anything. That's scarier than anything, I think, is to be frozen in fear of and, 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 and short change yourself. Fear of success. Fear of success. Fear of, of, of light, of, of really exposing the light and what you can bring to this world. And so, no, nobody should, um, should dim their light. I mean, there's a balance there. Let's be honest. Like some people are a little bit too bright with their light, you know, or a little bit too showy or whatever the case may be. But, but no, but it's authentic and genuine and people are going to resonate with it and they're going to want to get on your train and, and, you know, and support you or be part of your tribe or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that, you know, that we've seen that. You guys are the perfect, uh, I mean, exhibit 101 right here. Like you guys and your forward movement and what you guys bring to the table and how inspiring your stories are of all of the things that you guys have accomplished and how you've, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at them and I'm inspired by them and I'm like a total groupie. And at the same time (laughs) I'm on the same page with them. So it's like, it's, it's magical. Yeah. Everything is vibrational alignment. We would not be in this room right now if we were, if there was not vibrational alignment Mm -hmm. and the universe, I mean, it's just amazing how it does conspire to use support you. I had very quick story this morning. I was, had Clark illegally in a dog park because he was supposed to have this little fob thing or whatever. And a guy came in with the clipboard and he's checking all the dogs and everything. And my sister's like, my sister's like, well, just tell him, you know, this story basically lie, 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 lie. And I'm like, (laughs) and in my head, I'm like, you know, um, Satya, right? Like truthfulness. Like this is the eightfold path of yoga. And I said, I can't lie. Mm -hmm. And she was like, what? I said, I can't, I can't lie. I've sp- believe me, I spent so many years lying my ass off. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so good at lying. And um, I was like, I can't lie. I said, but she's like, you're going to get me in trouble. I said, nobody's going to get in trouble. I'm like, let's just trust mm-hmm. this. I'm going to put Clark on a leash and we're just going to walk out. It's going to be fine. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. 
And the guy's got the clipboard and literally locks you into the dog park. There was locks because he was going to check all the dogs. And um, so I go in, I'm trying to get out and I'm like, oh, it's locked. And another woman's like, oh yeah, it's locked. He goes, oh, let me let you, let me let you ladies out. And he's got the clipboard and the pen and he's kind of looking at the dogs and everything. And I'm thinking in my my head, I'm like, everything's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Nobody's going to get in trouble. It's going to be fine. And he open unlocks the thing and literally the universe comes in, swipes his clipboard, everything falls on the ground, his papers go everywhere, and I'm like, see you later. Peace out. Have a great day. <laughs> and that was just, I mean, there so you it's go. everywhere. And mm-hmm. it's recognizing that it's everywhere, that there is support everywhere. And I think the basis of fear is is there's one question at the basis of fear. Are we alone? Or are we connected? Because mm-hmm. if we're alone in this world, that is a very scary way to live. I mean, that's I. I that's just there's this one question to everything: mm-hmm. Are we alone? Or are we connected? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I know that you started Afterglow when your kids were babies because mm-hmm. you were like, "I'm gonna be with my kids, and I'm gonna take them mm-hmm. to school, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna be a mom, and I'm not." So that was a little bit of a risk. Yeah, that was jumping without a net for sure. I <laughs> <laughs> love that. That was. I mean, I mean, listen, and, and being an entrepreneur is is hard. It's 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 it has a ton. I'm like high risk, high reward. It really has high risk, high reward. But yeah, I just um, my parents were always there for me. Like my dad was at every cheerleading practice, at every cheerleading like meet, you know. And um, and I love that. I had their support always, always had their. Even when I called them yesterday, my dad was like, "It's good." You got two under your belt. You go back next year for another one. I'm like, thanks, Dad. Always being on my, you know, my team. Um, and so I, I wanted that for my children. I didn't want them to ever, like, I don't know, be waiting, waiting for the bus to come. My favorite part of my day, even if they're fighting, <laughs> my favorite part of the day is to go pick them up and be like, how was your day? They're not allowed to say good. They need to, I want details. So they say good, and I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. And they're like, okay, so this happened and this happened and this happened. And so um, it's just fun. And I wanted the opportunity and the flexibility to do that, you know. I mean, sometimes I may be on a conference call when I'm picking them up. But I'm like, shh, 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 don't say anything. But, but yeah, but I, I manage my own schedule, which also affords me the ability, which is another thing is, you know, I get the ability to really f- mess with my schedule in terms of my training that affords me that. And it's the life that I designed. Were there ever scary times? Very. This year, there was very scary times. It was my slowest year at Afterglow, and there were. And then we got this amazing acting gig that kind of came in and saved, saved the year. So what do you do when it gets scary? How do, you, how do you walk through that day when it's scary? I wake up, I tie my shoelaces, I go out for a run. <laughs> and then I do a little yoga flow, and, um, and I trust. I mean, I meditate every morning, and... Um, meditation the past couple of months when it was scary was it's gonna be fine and it's funny because I have the same I have that same resolve when I'm doing my events when you know sometimes like I don't know the AV guy is like having struggling with whatever the there's always something going on right and the clients like what's happening I'm like it's gonna be fine let me do my job like they're like you always give me so much peace and I'm like and you never know you just never really know there's always that element of which I think is kind of why I like it so much because it's almost like this element of like, yeah, the edge, right? And, and, um, and you're like, is it really going to happen? Like, is the thing going to come on right when they, you know, they kick it off or whatever? And it always happens the way it's supposed to. And this year happened the way it was supposed to. A lot of lessons and a lot of faith in 
the manifestation and the ability to ask the universe to deliver. And so in the scary times and you're like, okay, I'm just going to lace up my shoes and go. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you're describing is presence. Yeah. Like just moving in the moment. And mm-hmm. how does presence translate to your life as an athlete? That's an interesting question. Um, I, I never, I never not go on my training if I'm scared. <laughs> like, you know, like that actually helps me be more present. Because I, I don't ever train with music. I train like I train like not like like you would an Iron Man. You're not allowed to listen to music or anything. So I'm just listening to my breath, fighting my you know my thoughts, whatever that is, and then I always come out. Endorphins are pumping, and I just feel good. I accomplished one thing today. That was on my list. I did that. What's next? Do my yoga flow. Okay. What's next? Go pick up kids. Okay. Make that phone call. You know, and like the ability to to train and have that to fall back on for me is what keeps me present in every day and it keeps me going it's like my thing it's it's my it's for me bj made a great point earlier was like i still find time for me even though despite i feel like i'm the second to everybody else but i do and i honor that time and everybody around me honors the time too which is really cool like if maybe I didn't get to my run in the morning, my daughter's like, uh, shouldn't you be leaving for your run? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm on my way. Like they keep, like they keep me in check, you know, they, they keep me accountable. What about meditation as for an athlete? Somebody who's not meditating, they're thinking about it or they think they can't. What do you think meditation brings to the athlete? I, I, think, I think a race like an Ironman is a form of meditation. You are out there for so long. You're in your thoughts. Um, the true practice of meditation, all aside, sitting down, I do it with malas. You know, like sometimes I just recite mantras or what have you. Um, it is a game changer. It is a game changer because most athletes are just go, 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 go. And that's one thing when I first started triathlon and training, there was no silent time, especially when you train with a team. I train by myself a lot, so I do have a lot of time on my own, but the guys that I'm with, they're all training in a team, they're talking, you know, there's no quiet. And then they go on to something else. You know, one of the guys owns eight restaurants here, and another guy has two kids. He's a single dad of two kids, and he manages, like, a huge company. And so there is no quiet time for them, and that's one of the things that I wanted to bring as a yogi and a yogi-minded individual to to, to athletes when I teach. I teach what I call recovery yoga. It's really yoga for athletes because I don't think that a triathletes like an Ironmaners are going to go to a yoga class and put like their leg behind their neck. It's not going to happen. Their hamstrings are super tight. Like it's not have hips are out of whack, you know, from being on the bike for 20 hours, you know. And so I do, I do in my classes, I always teach a minute, two minutes of meditation and that's probably the most, the most still those athletes have ever been in all of the day. And and it's, it's how I serve people. I, I do yoga not, I, I teach it on Saturday mornings is the only time I have. But I do it because I love it. And I'm giving back to my community. And I think yoga is a form of long-term health. Like triathlons and triathlete training and, and running and all that is great now. But I think long-term health and for the sustainability of the sport, if you want to keep it, I think yoga is the way to go. And being able to be, have like a limber body and and on the yogic philosophy that comes with it you know um and being present 
and being with yourself and listening to your body and listening to your thoughts and what's working, what isn't serving you or what have you. I don't think there's a quiet time. People don't really carve that out in this kind of fast paced world that we live in. And watching yesterday being at the, the entryway to where the athletes came in, I think is where we saw you. Um, you guys were body marking. When body, I saw you. Oh, yeah. okay. Mm -hmm. So we were, I was outside with mm -hmm. Clark to mm -hmm. start and watching the faces and the energy of the people coming in to, to what you're talking about most athletes get to race day and they haven't really done any mind training. And if we have, which is really the most important, which discipline. is the most the important fourth. thing. So you, uh, there's nutrition there too, of course, right, but, right. <laughs> but nutrition, no, no, time, mind, you put mind, all this money yeah. in and you arrive on race day and your mind is because of the energy of most people is chaotic and they're allowing themselves to indulge in the 60, 70,000 plus thoughts they have in a day, like I'm sure it's even doubled in an experience like that surrounded by all those people. And I could see it on their faces, everybody getting caught up in, you know, where did these bags go? And, oh, I can't come in here now. I have to go this way. And, and, and I know it's a lot of first timers and they're letting a lot of new people in there, but that mindset, if you don't have that calmness, if you don't have the ability to sift and sort through like what's really important and what isn't. So, if everybody started to take that yogi mind, started to, everybody would get to the start line, let's just say Ironman Arizona, the 3,000 plus athletes, all that energy. Think about how calm that would be. Everybody would be feeding off of everybody else. I bet it would be uh, way less chaotic. I bet you more people would, would have success on the day, whether that was finishing or not. And they would understand that it goes beyond the race and it goes beyond this training like yeah. mindfulness and yoga and you don't have to sell us on that obviously <laughs> we're all drinking the same kool-aid <laughs> we're all drinking the same kool-aid <laughs> but when i see that out there I, I just want to scream it from the mountaintops there's so much more to having a calm mind and it takes work i think a lot it takes a lot of work and you can easily plug into music and watch a netflix movie when you're on the trainer but it's also how important is this experience to you in the end and to do the reps, do the mental reps now. I, yeah, I think triathletes with the amount of load that they're taking on, I think it's very disconnected if you don't really practice the mindfulness aspect of it. Because you can just keep, there's so much load. There's so much working out and training and listening to music and there's never quiet. I, I don't know how, I, I, I need the quiet. I'm, plus I'm an only child, I'm like used to mm -hmm. being alone. And like even sometimes I tell my kids, I'm like, guys, I need 10 minutes, like, I'm going to close up shop. I'm don't knock on the door. Mom's not here. Got it, mom. Okay. You know, and, and that's putting yourself first. Yeah. That yeah, is so yeah. putting yourself first. All right. As we, uh, start to wrap this up because it goes by so fast. Is it? Tell yeah, us about the athlete race. So the athlete race, um, is a, what I call a non-traditional triathlon, which is not a typical swim, bike, run. The idea that I wanted to make athletes ambassadors for change, right? Like, if you're, if, if we're triathletes, we're all triathletes, we're going to do a triathlon, it's going to happen. But the idea is, is that athlete race is something that you put as part of your training to get to whatever really your bigger race is. And, and the idea is, is that the first race that we did as, as triathlete, as, I'm sorry, as a athlete races, we paddled 5k because on average, a woman in Africa has to, has to walk 5k a day for access to clean water. So it's a water aspect. And then we ran a uh, uh, 5k because on average there's 3.1 billion people in this world that don't have access to renewable energy meaning they go to their house 3.1 billion 
mind you, our population is 8 billion, almost close to half of the world doesn't have access to electricity. So kids in India are turning on the lights and the light doesn't work. They can't do their homework. And then um, we did something pretty crazy called the 805 challenge, 805, a series of 805 repetitions. So it was made up of like 100 pull-ups, 400 squats, deadlifts. I couldn't walk after I finished this because I don't train like that anymore. And I, they literally had to put me in a plunge pool because they had to carry me and put me in a plunge pool so I could revive my legs from the cold water. And 805 million people go hungry on a daily basis. So, you know, when, when people that don't know triathlon, they're like, oh, what, what, what distance did you do? Now the athlete will say, I did this. Well, why did you do a 5K? Well, because this. And now I just made you aware. I just woke you up. And so the idea is that every athlete raises $2,000. Um, it is a for-profit company, but we, we basically use the money that's raised for production to just cover the production of the race. And we haven't had another race. Believe it or not, I got into some, uh, like a legal situation with Adidas. They didn't like our logo. They thought it was too close to theirs. So I've had, they shut me down for two years. We finally are out of it. It was kind of, I'm like, little old me? Okay, sure, we'll talk. Um, so now we're ready to move forward. Um, the idea is that we make it um, a global race we starting in Miami because that's home base for me and then we want to do one in Austin Whole Foods we've been talking to Whole Foods for a while now and and you don't get a medal the medal is is just serving people that's your medal and so it's it's really unique and you have a, an athlete uh caddy we call them athlete caddies and so there's somebody that's supporting you through the race counting your reps and every year the distance has changed it's based on what's relevant that year that's a social cause that needs to be energy or, 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 or light shined on it, you know? I love it. So, and it's cool because every year it's different. It's a different race, mm -hmm. you know? I mean, I, I'm sure there's always going to be something around water. I'm a big paddle boarder and that's always fun. But the idea is not to do a typical triathlon. I think there's a million of those. There's, and I love it, right? There's so much opportunity to race out there and to push yourself. And, but this one isn't about the time. It's not about, it's about the distances because they're relevant to something that's bigger than us. And it's about awareness. And yeah. awareness is, yeah. you want to wake up, you got to have mm -hmm. awareness. You mm -hmm. got to see. And that's what you're teaching your kids to do. And that's mm -hmm. what you're doing. And that's what we're living. And that's what this conversation is about. Because maybe somebody just woke up, like maybe a light bulb yeah. uh, went off. So how can people follow you and, and, and be your kin? <laughs> so I'm on Instagram. I'm at Telsey's T and that's T-E-L-S-Y-S-T. And I'm also on, on Instagram as non-Telsies, really. It's life is grand 22. <laughs> and that's where you won't get a picture of me. That's where I started on Instagram. Um, Afterglow Marketing, which is the name of my company, Athlete Race. We're on a, and we also have something called the Athlete Tribe, which supports the runners and the, the athletes for Athlete Race. So we get together in different places and we do workouts that are eventually going to get you ready for Athlete Race and to create a tribe of people that really want to make a difference in the world. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, we're all about creating a better world. You're just, you're, we're so grateful to have you in our oh, lives. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank oh, you I so cry. much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so moved. Thank you. Thank you for having me.